0: Welcome to the energetic radio podcast my name is dale sawbottom each week i'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun energy and purpose into your lives let the show begin all right everyone welcome back to the podcast episode number 258 with ross and jane how are you guys
1: Hi, we're well, thank great. you.
0: Thanks, thank you for having us. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Now, we're just having a great chat before. Obviously, we are all in Australia. Um, a lot of my guests recently have been uh, in the States or overseas, so it's lovely to chat. Um, now, a um, big shout-out to uh, Brendan Jordan, who uh, is a good mate of mine, and I know uh, Ross used to teach with him. He's uh, connected us. Great fellow, Jordan. So thanks, Jordan.
2: Thank you, BJ. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and also, I really like it. Um, I think one of the things about doing a podcast is you don't always know uh, who's listening to it or how it connects people. And um, you're both saying that you'd reached out to Damien Murdoch, Doc Murdoch from listening to the podcast. What made you reach out? Because I think it's something, you know, people listen to these chats, but don't always reach out. I think it's something, a really good skill or just to let people know they've enjoyed there. So what made you reach out to him? Yeah.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Basically. Yeah. We heard him on your podcast and we recognize the name because um, like we've got a, a marketing strategist who works with us at the moment and she's actually working with him as well. Um, sure. So we thought, oh, look, we'll reach out um, and yeah, listen to his stories in a similar field to us um, dealing. He, he's an anxiety coach. And so are we as, as well, we incorporate exercise as well. Um, and yeah, we just listened to it and really um, could connect with what he was saying and um yeah, we just thought, oh, let's get in contact with him. We had a really good chat with him. We spoke to him for about an hour. I couldn't get off the phone to him. We just thinking, <laughs> brains about different things. And,
1: and football. I yeah, think,
2: he yeah. loves his footy. He does away. love his yeah. footy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think he's had a similar backstory to you as well, Ross, and there was yeah. that connection of like-minded who have gone through a really tough journey in their life and then come out the other side. And I think that was beautiful to be able to share each other's experiences and yeah. really open up with each other and talk about what you've been through and yeah, how you 100%. come out the other side. And, yeah,
0: I think, uh, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute, I just think uh, if people can take away something like so often we read something or we see something, we hear something, we, we don't actually reach out to that person and they don't know the impact they're having. So um, if, if any message you hear from anybody, reach out to them because um, it really makes a difference. And that doesn't matter what field you're in. So um, Ross, we just mentioned a little bit there that you have had a similar backstory. Um and mate, it, it's pretty full on. I wouldn't mind hearing it myself. Do you want to explain, obviously, um, how you ended up in a psych ward in Spain? Like, how? Like, yeah. do you want? Oh, I don't want to steal your thunder, mate. I'm
2: excited. Yeah. Like,
0: right. Like, can you just explain your story?
2: Thanks, Dale. Um, yeah, look, it, I can laugh about it now, but it was pretty terrifying at the time. Um, about 14 years ago, uh, yeah, I was, I suppose, in the lead up to that, I was going on plenty of boys' trips around traveling overseas and going through Thailand and South America and living in the UK for a period of time. And a few things were happening when I was, um, yeah, just taking some recreational drugs. I'd never really heard of drug-induced psychosis before. Um, And, yeah, a few things happened and um, it got to, I think I'd had two in the lead up to um, traveling through Spain, um, two episodes. And then, um, yeah, I had about a few days where I was just, Uh, this was simply just drinking um, in Spain. I didn't take any drugs, but there was a few days of just, I couldn't sleep and just sleep deprivation. And uh, that just got me in the end. And I just, I did not know what was going on in my mind. And I was out of touch with reality. And I just decided, look, I can't handle this anymore. There's a few days of this going on. And I just entered myself into a psych ward in Spain and no one spoke any English I was the only one, uh, yeah, everyone spoke Spanish and I was I I was stuck in there for a week and no one spoke any English and I was basically in my own interpretation of hell. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty terrifying at the time. Uh, my, my dad and my brother ended up flying over from Australia to release me out of hospital. And then, um, yeah, so that's why I was, I suppose, in there for so long and jacked up with medication. And then um, they eventually, yeah, drove me, um, home um, to UK and then we flew out a few days later and yeah I was just yeah I was not in a good way
0: <laughs> wow well, so how did how did they handle like obviously a non-Spanish speaker walks into a psych ward in Spain how did like did they try and get somebody that spoke English or like what were, like or did they just thought I oh, will just medicate him and, and then he won't be an issue or like what happened
2: it was mostly medication. I, I had a few nurses that kind of took me under their wing. It's a it's a massive blur now. Like, that seven days feels like, you know, the memories of that now is, you know, I probably have, you know, a little bit of memories. Like, um, it's, it's very much a blur. But, yeah, I had a few nurses that um, brought me into their office from memory and they wanted me to type. It was basically, I think, in Google Translate or something yeah, like yep. that, um, just, like, what I you know what I wanted from them and oh, um, mate I do not know what I typed at the time but I, was, <laughs> I, I remember my um my ex-girlfriend at the time gave me a couple of books to read while I was in there just to keep me um busy and I remember there was something Bridget Jones Diary or something and it, was, like, it was the only book she could find in Spain and I remember she wrote some lists like and I, I, I wrote them a list some, somewhat related to Bridget Jones' diary. And, and I'm like, what? Like, I look back at that now, and I can laugh, but I was like, that made full sense to me at the time. <laughs> um, so, oh. um, yeah, look, that was pretty tough. I had a few friends come and visit me in there. And so I had about an hour a day where um, yeah, I had some friends um, and my ex-girlfriend came in and visited me and would play some table tennis in the, in the um, recreational area and um, yeah, look, there was a guy I remember in a straight jacket with no teeth, like at one oh, yeah. stage. And, and yeah, so it was pretty full on, like, um, especially my friends had never experienced any like, anything like that either. So I was quite ashamed, um, you know, having them visit me. In there and then, yeah, that really took its toll on um, probably the next couple of years of depression and a lot of panic attacks and anxiety from, you know, that, that main experience in Spain.
0: Got no doubt. And, and like we are laughing about it now because they are funny stories, but because you've been able to, you know, come out the other side, which is brilliant. Um, but obviously they're not laughing matters. So if people are listening and um you do have issues or something, please seek professional help. Um, with that though, like you said, the shame when it shouldn't be shame, but that's something that we just generally feel. Uh how did your friends and obviously your brother and your dad who came over to get you out like how hard was was it for them because obviously everyone wants to help but they just don't know how to
2: yeah um yeah like you said Dale it's I think that's part of human nature to be ashamed um yeah look you know having my dad and my brother come over and you know have to (laughs) fork out all this money just to get me out of hospital like to fly over look they would have done anything for me at the time uh but yeah it was um look I had amazing support from family and friends um it was probably really tough on everyone because they'd probably never really experienced anything like that before especially it wasn't really talked about back this is going Mm -hmm. back 14 years now um it wasn't really there was more of a stigma around mental health and people didn't really want to talk about it and relive those sort of experiences so um look, my parents and my family were amazing support. My friends supported me in any way they could. They, um, when I got back to Australia, um, they were actually picking me up from my house and we we're going out and exercising together and, um, going out and like, they'd get me out in nature and like, they were doing all the right things for me that I needed at the time. But yeah, I was creating a lot of paranoid stories in my head where I thought people were talking about me behind my back. And, um, yeah, it was, this, it was a really tough time. And, I, I, I look back at it now and just couldn't, can't. I'm so grateful for those friends and family that were so su- mm-hmm. supportive of me. Were you
1: telling people you had chronic fatigue as
2: well? As yeah. A- and that, that was another shame. thing, a part of the shame oh. is that I was telling people I had chronic fatigue and that I didn't want to leave the house because of, of that condition, but didn't really want to say, you know, drug induced psychosis. And, you know, after two years of having anxiety, drug induced psychosis, and depression I, I had a psychiatrist that told me i had schizophrenia as well so wow. that was really tough on me and um yeah so I, I just yeah i i didn't really want to talk about and tell anyone about it, but now i can talk about it and um i suppose i can be a role model to those who are suffering at the moment um and you know and just show those people there is light at the end of the tunnel and um hopefully coach them through that yeah,
0: oh, mate, well and, and well done for telling your story because uh the more people can share things like this it becomes normal and it becomes okay. Like like you said, the shame that comes with it. I, I don't think unless you've gone through something like that personally or friendship group, you can probably think you'd know how to handle it as much as you want but until you walk in those shoes you you've got no idea really and I suppose yeah what you're like you said they did the right things but they were probably just doing things out of love like do you do you yeah. reflect on it with them now or like have you spoken to them, what their yeah. experiences was
2: yeah I do um I remember having a few conversations with mates and and having that same conversation Dale so you don't really understand what I'm going through until I suppose you were to live those experiences yourself i remember a few people were like look um you know you'll get better you'll be right like yeah um kind of those conversations they mean well
0: like, they mean well don't they but it's yeah not they're what meaning mean, well and there. i'll yeah.
2: look back at it now and just you know one of these one of those person one of those people who said that was is still my best mate he lives up um, in the gold coast with me now and it's like you'll be right like you know um why aren't you getting better sort of thing yeah. this is like i'll look back at that now he's he's an amazing mate and such a supportive friend but it probably didn't really know what to say at the time and I think now people do a lot more I suppose you've got your are you okay days and you've got Mm. all these um resources on um beyond blue and uh all these different websites that can help you have those conversations and be that supportive friend um but yeah I had a lot of friends um even just they couldn't handle it they just didn't know what to say and they would i could tell they were kind of trying to avoid those in-depth conversations where yeah. it was very much surface level um and i suppose that's what we're trying to um create is that you know it's okay for guys to talk to each other and talk about their feelings um it's like it's kind of this stigma around you know you're going to be this tough guy that you you can't have in-depth conversations or and like DMs. um but yeah we're just we're trying to Create something that look we can talk about it, and it's you know it's part of life, and a lot of people are suffering from anxiety, especially you know after COVID, it's been rife. Um, we can talk about it, and and hopefully that'll help those people currently suffering.
0: Yeah, so, so true, and I think yeah, the more we have these conversations, the more normal it becomes. Now, one thing we always like we hear people's stories like yours, Ross, and congratulations for overcoming it. But um like I spoke before you know about your, your family um jane what's it like like when you've got somebody you know that's battling depression anxiety has panic attacks like um that, do you know what i mean the support network's really important but obviously firstly what's it like for you and then how do you stay on i suppose top of your game so do you know that you're always there for ross because you know you're supporting someone but you've also got to support yourself it can't be easy
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it's so important to a lot of the focus gets put on the person struggling and suffering. And I know a lot of people who have been support people and then in turn, they struggle as well. Mm. So I think it's so important to have that focus on yourself as well. And then when you're in an okay place to support them, then, you know, you can give and share that. Um, For me, when I met Ross seven years ago, he had, yeah, he was still on medication, told he will be on medication for the rest of his life by his psychiatrist, so antipsychotics, antidepressants, um, there's uh, a few other, anti- other medications.
2: Anti-anxiety, kind of benzos and that sort of thing, so yeah. a lot of medication. You would, would have nearly <laughs>
0: rattled. Ross, you would have nearly rattled, mate, you had that many drugs. Yeah, uh, yeah and every time you would go out, he'd make sure
1: he had his drugs available just in case. It was like yeah. a
2: security blanket. I'd just always have to almost have my pills on in my pocket just to know that I'm going to be okay. Yeah, um, yep.
1: And I think I recognised that it was really a lack of confidence with Ross as well. Um, As he said, he would make sure he would pack these before he went out just in case. And I've come from a very holistic background upbringing, so lots of meditation as a youngster. And so we tried to implement a lot of that. Well, I offered this to Ross and um, yeah, he was amazing and has done a lot of work on himself. So for instance, if he was having a panic attack, um, doing some box breathing or something to activate the parasympathetic nervous system to really help just calm him down and, Um, and start to really center himself and he was studying to be um, a teacher at the time and he would find doing his assignments he'd get very overwhelmed and would always and it was just the mind creating worst case scenario stories what about if I don't get this assignment in so it was really bringing it back and going okay well what happens if you don't get the assignment in then you can just redo the assignment or you just pay for the extra fee you have still got your health you're still here you know so it was really just kind of bringing it back and going through those scenarios and kind of playing them out in his mind and realizing it's not the worst case scenario it's not the worst event and then bringing it back to yeah um, to, to where he was and kind of and just bringing that focus and really centering himself again so we did a lot of work on breathing techniques and a lot of um I think just work on himself it's very easy to say but it takes it's taken years and years and Ross you know himself goes off does his meditations every day without fail um journaling. Does, yeah journaling box breathing so it's really like I think it's yeah he's just it's beautiful being a support person um but it's I think yeah as you mentioned you've got to take care of yourself as well and use things that you're comfortable with as well I mean Ross uh, Ross eventually went and spoke to his psychiatrist and they organized a plan to wing off his medication over time and that was something he addressed and he initiated himself um yeah and so he's done so well since then but it's about I think just finding a place that you're comfortable with and the support that you can give without putting yourself last, because then you'll just burn out as well. Ooh, so for me, so yeah, true. loving
0: supporting. Like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> true. No, i cut you off there, Jane. Sorry about that. But I think that last bit is so true because so often we want to help somebody and we end up going that far that we end up needing to help ourselves. Um, so was that like early on when you were just started dating and things like that, obviously you know Ross's conditions would have played a huge role in it like was was that hard or did you see uh, are you a helper Jane or like I'm really yeah no I love because, it yeah. <laughs> like, like
1: that I feel like that's my, my my calling in life is to yeah is to help and heal others and just be there for others and I just I just loved it so I mean there was and, and for me I had very supportive family and friends who were like I remember um it was Hawthorne grand final after we won, and um, yeah, and the next day I went to the beach with a girlfriend, and Ross texts me. Um, maybe when you woke up, maybe mid morning, and you had had a few drinks that night, and Ross wasn't really drinking that much, and straight away he's like, oh, I'm having a really bad panic attack um and I said to my girlfriend you know oh, I'm so sorry this new guy I'm seeing is having a panic do you mind if I leave and we just arrived to the beach and she was like go go get in the car she was like pushing so I think it helps with the support per people's network as well to have it wasn't there was no remorse or no animosity from my friend being like oh well, we've just got to the beach they were like go mm. straight to Ross and I think I went round, and your mum came around and we sat with you and just really helped us you know, I think I think having a few drinks the night before didn't necessarily help either. But having yeah, quite a severe panic attack. So I think having a network within the networks as well really helps. So for me, I've I've loved it. I've you know, it was something Ross was very open about. Um, the first night we kind of went out, we went to a football match and there's a lot of football.
0: In the <laughs> I've seen the TV. college <laughs> TV, yeah. And,
1: um, yeah, but Ross was really open and that's what I was really drawn to. He he told me about his past straight away that night and he really opened up and was very authentic and real and vulnerable and it was really beautiful just to hear someone speak like that because a lot of time it is very surface and it's, oh, how are you? That's good. What do you do? Yep. So it was really lovely to have that kind of deeper connection and, um, yeah, and with him being so open, it was I guess easier for me as well to to be open back with him and kind of share advice and see what's going to work for him and what's going to help him along his journey
0: I I love that because I think everything you've just mentioned doesn't matter where you are if you're in a relationship friendship at work you if you're transparent if you're open and you tell the truth um and again I think like Brene Brown says vulnerability is a superpower if you're able to use that like telling your story today not only Ross sharing yours about what you've been through but Jane what you've Gone through as well because it's a journey that you're both on together. So, with that being said, Ross, like obviously people never, you know, like mental health conditions, something that, you know, it, it never really goes away. It'll always still be there. So, do do you still like battle a bit of anxiety or depression or do you have panic attacks? Like, is there any of that or the work you put in now has really sort of cleared it all up?
2: Yeah. um I, I suppose I have the, all the strategies in place now after 14 years of. Having these, um, you know, panic attacks and um, so forth, I haven't really had a a panic attack in probably, oh, maybe around the time Jane and I met, really. Um, So we'll put it all down to Jane. you were having (laughs)
1: night terrors every night when we met. Like, you'd wake up in the middle of the night screaming and every night without
2: girls as well as panic attacks. Yeah, so, yeah. um, But yeah, I I suppose I've really like, I I sometimes get some like anxious feelings, like I suppose in the lead up to this podcast, there was a little bit of anxious feelings, but you kind of, I suppose you start to use that now um, as a bit of a superpower. Like I I did some box breathing before. I I don't know if anyone knows about box breathing, but it's like a four square breathing. So you do four seconds, inhale, hold for four, exhale for four, and then hold and then repeat. Um, and that just really just calms, calms um, the the nerves and um, yeah, activates the, the parasympathetic system and gets you really calm and ready um, just, just for things like this. So now I suppose I, I, I know now how to deal with certain things and um, I, every now and then I might have a little flashback to an old episode, but I, I just kind of know what to do now. I can kind of shut it off and and go look. That's that's not real. Um, like it, it it feels really weird, real for a couple of seconds, and then you're like, well, I've had it for so long now that um, I've just know the strategies how to deal with it. So mm. um,
1: training your mind, I think, has been a big thing to know the difference between reality and where the mind's wandering off, creating stories. Because I think we all do it, but it's how far we go with those stories and then when we start to believe it and then we make it our reality mm-hmm. when in theory it could just be something someone's given us a look which wasn't actually directed to us and maybe <laughs> to someone else but then our minds created this big story and oh they're a horrible person why were they looking at me this way so it's it's really bringing that back I think and being Aware and conscious of your thoughts and the patterns of your thoughts and those processes, and then understanding that when you've got that awareness, I think it makes it a little bit easier. And the the tools you have implemented in place in case you do have those anxious moments. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and like what you're really saying there is that a lot of these things that we we build up and cause that it's just when we're not present um we're we're thinking about things that may not even occur but we make them realistic and we we work ourselves up and that's nobody else like like you just said jane somebody gave you a look and they might just be having a bad day but you've taken it like they've given you a greasy like oh what have i done wrong And (laughs) have i upset him? did i park do i cut in front of the car like all these things (laughs) like you know we we just go on and on and on but if we just came back to being present and essentially ross that's what you're saying with your brock's breathing that allows you to realign and become present again
1: yeah. yeah
2: yeah definitely and yeah look we do um there's so many things we do now for our uh, our overall health we we try and get outdoors like we've got a bit of an accountability thing going on at the moment um, which is important we're trying to, yeah we we <laughs> just get ourselves outdoors for at least an hour a day we either do some sort of physical activity might be just going for a walk along the beach um it well we do a lot of exercise with our um clients so it's obviously exercise and then we do a, a, a guided kind of meditation every night um before bed so there's all these strategies we have in place that keeps you your overall physical emotional and mental health um you know kind of performing at its best
1: and I guess it becomes habitual after a while it's just second nature just like oh yeah, yeah wake up do our meditation do our exercise it's just part of our daily lifestyle yeah yeah <laughs>
0: And, and I think the big thing as well, you just mentioned, you know, that you keep each other accountable. Now, if people are listening, it it doesn't have to be your partner. It can be a friend or like, like you were saying, uh, Ross, when you were going through everything that your friends would pick you up to exercise, you know, they, they were keeping you accountable. They were doing that for you. Like um, with all the work you do now, how important is that accountability or showing up or having somebody there that you don't want to let down?
1: Yeah, I think so, especially, especially I think the most important are the days where you just are so unmotivated and can't be bothered. The days you feel great and really want to exercise or, yeah, that's wonderful, but it's those days where you wake up and you're like, oh, I just feel exhausted. And it's those days. And it doesn't have to be something overly exertion of exercise or, you know, it's just maybe going for a small walk or just something, though, to just tick those little boxes. And for us, we um, we deal with a lot of people who are struggling with depression And for them, sometimes it's just five minutes or something, and it's keeping those goals really small and then ticking them off and so they start to feel good about themselves and then gradually building them up and if that means um, we always recommend to tell someone your goals as well and then that way you can be accountable as well so then they can check in on you if they don't want to do it with you for instance they can say oh did you do this today or did you go outside for five minutes and do your little walk so I think accountability is so important for us it's it's very lucky that we both love exercise um, and we both enjoy working out I'm doing a lot of regression being pregnant at the moment so I'm doing a lot of regression exercises and Ross gives me the easier
0: options but it helps the different levels of fitness as
1: well but I think accountability is yeah
0: very very important and just to check in on others as well yeah it is and like we've so obviously let's talk about quick results training because um people are listening I'm interested to know I know a little bit about it but do you want to explain you know who you work with and um probably the people that are coming to you um and second part of that question sorry before you do that Have you noticed a difference over the last couple of years with COVID? Um, That would be my second part to that. So quick results training, give us a spiel. um, And then has that changed in the past two years?
1: Yeah, well, that's actually been the change focus of our business. Just going in, um, Ross being a personal trainer and a teacher, PE teacher, um, did a lot of face-to-face. And then we noticed with COVID, that's when we moved online. And we also noted that so many of our friends and family members were struggling with anxiety and depression through all the lockdowns and it just became rife everywhere. So that was the premise of starting our business um, to try and assist those who are struggling and with Ross's previous experience with um, lived mental health, um, yeah, struggles. So, we, um, yeah, we created our um, online business, which is quick results training. And so it's specifically targeted to help people who are dealing with anxiety, depression, social anxiety, uh, we don't really go into the um, what Ross experienced, like the psychosis or the um, schizophrenia, for example, or bipolar, people struggling with more acute illnesses. Um, yeah, we highly recommend they go see professionals, as you mentioned earlier. And for a lot of our members, they are on medication as well. So they're kind of using this as a balance for both the holistic approach through exercise, mindfulness, healthy eating, as well as um, having their medication. So for us, we really noted, well, what was really evident with COVID as well is um there wasn't a lot of health advice to exercise, to get vitamin D, to eat healthily, and that was so evident to us. It the just,
2: gyms were closed. The gyms were closed, yeah. water shops,
1: and fast food stayed open, remained open, and <laughs> yep. we really found that just, <laughs> yeah, we had, we've had we had that many chats with counsellors, psychologists, and who think exactly the same, and they mm. said, you know, these are the fundamentals of living a healthy lifestyle, and this wasn't being directed to the public, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so for us, yeah, we just, we really wanted to, kind of just help others who were really struggling and just give them some other options and say, um, you know, you can, we offer online um, exercise for people in their home so they don't have to go out. So throughout all the lockdowns, I think that really helped a lot of people. Um, yeah, just, we just noticed with COVID, just how m- many people were struggling out there. So that kind yeah. of became the foundation of QRT and assisting others through, yeah, through more holistic and exercise options.
0: And and I, I love that. And one thing I've noticed and a lot of work I've been doing is, People are getting me in because people are feeling social anxiety. They're scared of going back to the normal. Particularly um, being in Melbourne, like we were, one of the most lockdown season in the world. I don't want to talk yes. about it too much, but people are really battling with it, and I don't, I don't see it changing anytime soon. So, how important has it been for you both offering? You know, people can get the benefits while they're at home, so they feel safe. Have you noticed that that's being a real godsend because they. They feel safe, they feel secure. Um, it, yeah, I won't just give you thunder, but I, I'm really interested to see because a lot of people just wanted to get out of the house, but so many other people are scared to do that. So, what have you seen from that aspect?
2: Yes, um, we run a lot of our sessions on Zoom, um, yep. so it's allowed, it, it brings me back to when I was really struggling that I didn't really want to leave the house, I had a lot of social anxiety, um, and the, me for me the thought of going to the gym or getting outside um to exercise would really stress me out I'd get a lot of anxiety around that so um all that well um basically the majority of our business now is all online through zoom and people can exercise um, from the comfort of their home in their lounge room and um we generally do about a 30 minute session and then we follow it up with just just an, uh, an open space to chat about um, our feelings or it's like a Q and A about maybe my story or what strategies um, helped me when I was really struggling. We also run um, breath work and mindfulness um, facilitate those sort of classes at the end of our exercise sessions as well to so get us feeling really calm. But yeah, we, um, I suppose we just brought it back to how I was feeling during, during those most acute stages and, and people, yeah, just, uh, well, I didn't want to leave the house. So I, giving people that ability to still um, exercise and get involved with our sessions in their lounge room um, was, was amazing for people. And we also run like, like I'd film pre-recorded sessions for people who might only be able to achieve five minutes. So it might be a really slow, easy routine uh, where you just get the body moving, get the endorphins flowing for five minutes. And that's just an achievement in itself. So yeah, we've got a lot of, um, yeah different options for and I think people loving connecting
1: with others as well afterwards some people have their cameras off when they're exercising which is absolutely fine Um, but afterwards when they can open up and chat I think they're really loving just having that connection because they don't necessarily feel comfortable going out to a bar or restaurant so just being able to chat um, virtually I guess yeah it's been really helpful for a lot of people and feedback especially with people because a lot of people are still working at home especially in Melbourne we've got quite a few clients and they Mm. said um yeah they're just more productive and Mm. they're just yeah they find just because we do some lunchtime sessions as well. So they said it just helps clear their head, calm them down, especially if they've got looming deadlines and things. They can just go back to work and just be a little more centred and a little bit more focused, which is great.
0: And I, I love that. I I think the the chat at the end, you know, I mean, like that would be invaluable for people, particularly you know, if they're living by themselves, they don't really leave the house much. They're still working at home. Everything's online, um, so I think that is brilliant. But have you found Ross particularly, you know, people? A, a more relatable because you've walked the walk you've been able to overcome something like that a lot a lot of people don't make do you know what I mean a lot of people are on medication for the rest of the life, and that is fine but do you yeah. do you think you're a role model basically I'm sure to a lot of these people because you've been able to overcome something that so many haven't
2: yeah yeah I think lived experience is is so significant like I, I think to myself 14 years ago Uh, And I was like pleading with my psychiatrist to meet someone who'd been through the other side of what I'd been through. um, And I could just have a chat to them about, you know, what helps them and what strategies you put in place to, to um, help with your recovery. And uh, I think now I can be that role model for that person I was seeking 14 years ago. So um, I think it's really helped. Like we've got um, we've got a gold package, which is like one-on-one, um one-on-one training and coaching um with the both of us as well so um if people don't feel that comfortable like telling their story um in front of a group we've also got those one-on-one situations that um people have really loved as well um and yeah, it's just, it just feels like we've got a bit of a purpose now that we can i've come throughout the other side and 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 i'm able to help those people struggling and it's exactly what i was seeking when i was when i was really suffering. So. Yeah, it's amazing. I think yeah, well,
0: I think uh, like you, like we just said that personal story you can really be relatable and people want to obviously someone that's lived that and been able to overcome that's amazing and um, Jane I also think the way you described. The role that you have played um, because I think everybody's a team doesn't matter what aspect of life you're in and um, it is really important to realize that uh, I think the biggest takeaway I've got besides Roswell Dunn but um, Jane you have to look after yourself as well because too often you see people get so caught up in helping somebody else and they really forget about themselves
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think it's also so important, like Ross gives me a lot of credit, but he's done all the work and he's accountable. Like I was like, oh, this is, you know, let's go do a mindfulness or meditation, but Ross has implemented all these and he doesn't often say this, but he's, yeah, he's done years and years of work on himself. And the credit is solely with him because I mean, you can, you know, you can tell people or give instructions, but it's up to you and within yourself whether you're going to be accountable and do it. So for him and he's made that habitual and made that into his lifestyle now. So I think there's a lot of credit to the person it's very hard if you don't want to help yourself um it, it's very hard to help others as a support person or as yeah as just even a fringe friend so to speak I think you've got to be willing to want to make a change or be at a point in your life where you are struggling and you think okay this is not serving me what am I going to do today that's different from yesterday because if I'm not implementing changes why do I expect a different result so oh. it's,
0: bang that's <laughs> my <drop sort> of <laughs> <right there>, job <laughs> so true and, and like nothing's going to happen in your life unless you want to make it happen yourself you know exactly. we can tell people what to do all they want but they never listen so um exactly. if people are listening you want to make a change where can they find you where's the where's the best spot to uh reach out and honestly just start the conversation
1: yeah sure so um our website you can um check out training. so q u i c k results training.com uh we will just say our surname is quick so it's nothing about <laughs> getting quick results it's a bit of a play on words <laughs> just want to clarify that it's definitely not just a quick process a quick fix uh, yes yeah, so our website's probably the best place to check us out and then through there you've got all our um contact information so our emails and it's got all our social media accounts but also um yeah we've got a lot of free resources on there so we've got a seven-day free trial which we would love to offer all your listeners um just a program which they can just join in for seven days no strings attached no credit cards required just to even just to start that journey for themselves they might do seven days start joining in some live exercise classes having some chats we've got loads of free resources on our website so they can check all them out and just start to help themselves and get to you know just to make that first step i guess and that make that first decision to yeah to put their hand up and go, yeah, I'm going to be accountable, I'm going to help myself now, and <laughs> <laughs> try something
0: new. <laughs> well, I love that. So uh, listeners, thank you so much for the uh, the seven-day free trial. If you go to episode uh, 258 in the show notes down the bottom, I'll have links for all of that where you can contact Ross and Jane and, and reach out and give that a try, seven days for free. What have you got to lose? So, um, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. And I think the more you can share both of your stories, um, I think one of the big things I've taken away is that there's no right or wrong way as support group or friends to deal with, um, you know, somebody that is going through these mental health issues. But the, the biggest thing is you can't change them. You just need to be there. And I think yeah. um, I think that's the big message. And uh, the more you share your story and work with people, the more okay these conversations become. And, and as a society, we need that. So, Oste, um, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank, thank you
1: so you much so for much having down. us. <laughs>